Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of, <clears throat> the first book of Samuel, Shmuel Aleph. We are in the middle of the third, chapter 30, Parak Lamed, and we are up to verse 13. <clears throat> right now, David and, and 600 men had uh, left Ziklag after the city was devastated by a raiding party of Amalekites, of Amalekim, and they uh, uh, went into the desert to chase after them in order to retrieve their families who had been taken captive by the Amalekites. Now, of course, David had no idea where in the wilderness to find this, this uh, uh, nomadic tribe uh, of raiders, and to find them within a vast desert is is uh, akin to finding a needle in a haystack, so to speak. But he went to try anyway because he had no choice. This was their family, um, and uh, he wanted to go uh, rescue their they, the people's families and his own family, and um, and he uh, asked of God for assistance. God made him a promise that he would find them. So God sent a little test, which we read about in the last chapter, of a, a Egyptian man who was starving, lying left to die in the desert of thirst and hunger. Um, they took the man in, they revived him, gave him food and drink until he came back to health. And let's see what happens, what kind of information they get from this man. By Yomer Lo David. And David said to him, Lemi Ata. <laughs> to whom do you belong? <laughs> now, this could mean that it was evident somehow that he was a slave. Um, maybe he was marked in such a way, or maybe he was wearing some sort of a chain or something that indicated he was an enslaved person. Or lemiata could mean, whom do you belong to? Like what tribe, what group? The Amy Zeata. And where are you from? Vayomer, and he said, Na'ar Mitzrianochi. I am an Egyptian boy. And I am a slave to an Amalekite person. And my master abandoned me because three days ago I got sick. This is just to show what kind of a people the Amalekites were. The kind of people that if they have a slave and he's not useful to them anymore because he's ill, they dump him in the middle of the desert to starve to death. Anachnu poshatnu negev we had um, raided against the um, Kareti people, Yehuda, and some of the Judahite people, Negev Kolev and the Caleb people. We had Tziklag and the city of Tziklag, we burnt in flames. So here this, this Egyptian man is telling David and his men that he was with the raiding party of Amalekites when that occurred. And David asked him, Can you lead me to where these, this group of people are hanging out? And he said, First swear to me by God, that you will not kill me. And that you won't force me back to go into my master's hands. Considering what kind of a master this person was and how he treated him, we could certainly understand why he wanted to extract from David that promise that he'd never give him back to his owner. 
And then I will take you back to that group of raiders, that group of bandits. So he brought him to where they were hiding. And they were scattered all over the ground. In other words, they were literally rolling drunk all over the ground. Eating and drinking and partying. With all of the great um, um, spoils and, and booty that the that they had taken from the people of the land of the Philistines and Meretz Yehuda from the land of the Judahites. So while both the Philistines and the people of Judah were were engaged in battle, these Amalekites took advantage and raided all these towns, especially as we know the town of Ziklag where David's people as families were. By Akim David, and David struck them down, he came but with the advantage, of course, of surprise, and of course the advantage that all of them were drunk. Mehaneshef uh, Erev, from the early morning, Neshef is pre-dawn hours, Viada Erev, until the evening hours, the Maharasam of the next day. And not a single man was saved from them. Except for 400 Ishnar young men that were able to escape by jumping onto camels and running away from before David's onslaught. And David saved everything that Amalek had taken from them. And his own two wives, David saved from the Amalekites. And not from the youngest to the oldest, there wasn't a single person missing. Not their sons or their daughters. And from any of their their belongings, and everything that had been taken from them, David returned to their rightful owners. And David took <coughs> all of the livestock, the sheep and cattle. He, um, he, um, he led them away uh, before this tremendous um, uh, uh, group of livestock, um, flocks. Of sheep and so on, and they called out, This is the spoils that David has won. So David has now certainly won the confidence of his people back. They had a tremendous victory against the Amalekites and saved their families. So David comes back victorious with all of the people and all of the families and all of the goods. Asher Pigru, and they came back to those 200 men who got tired and they couldn't continue to follow David and they stayed on the other side of the Nachal, the ones that stayed on the other side of the uh, Wadi Besor, which we mentioned before, and they came to greet him, and to greet all of the people that were with him. And David came to the people, and he asked them how they were doing, how they fared, while they were standing back, and the other 400 were fighting. Now the 400 men that went and fought the Amalekites, and all of the bad people, and the, and the, and Ishbliyal is like, is, we've had said that term several times, as a person who's uh, abandoned, uh, a ruffian, uh, 
I, uh, sometimes it's a, a person who's just uh, a no good nick, just a, not a good person, right? All among David's crowd were some of those guys that weren't really exactly the greatest uh, uh, moral or ethical people, and they said Mehanoshim from some of those men that had gone with David. By Yomer they said they didn't come with me to fight. So we shouldn't give them from any of the booty which we we saved. We saved all this stuff from the Amalekites. We should keep the booty. Don't give it back to them. Okay, we'll give them back their families, their wives, and their children that we saved. Um, and let them take them and let them go. But we have no but we should keep all the stuff. We should keep all the riches. Yomer David and David said, "Lo Don't do, act this way, my brothers. In other words, what it would it seems it's hard to say exactly what's happening here. But it seems like the spoils that they rescued were their own goods, and these men were saying, "Since we fought for it, we should keep these goods, not give it back to its original owners." And David said, "No, this is not how it works." Esa Right? This is not what we do, my brothers, with the things that God has given us. And He has guarded us. We don't take credit for this. We give God the credit for our victory. And by giving God the credit for our victory, we have to act morally, we have to act justly, and we have to give the goods back to the rightful owners. And How could anyone agree with you, you no goodniks, you bad guys, right? How could anyone agree with you and say that this is proper, that this is the right way to do with things? Just like the one who goes to war so gets a portion, so too the people who stay back and guard the things. In other words, they weren't staying back here and doing nothing. While they were back here, they guarded our things. They deserve pay for that as well. It should be evenly divided. So, and this is something which, which we know, you know, in any war, in any national effort, uh, there's people that go out actual to the battlefield, but there's a tremendous support staff that stays behind that might not be on the battlefield, but they're certainly extremely important and crucial for the victory. And so were these people that were staying behind. They did their part. They deserve to get their portion as well. So give them back their things. That's the right thing to do. By he and it was. <coughs> from that day and on. It became a rule and a, a, um, a, a lasting rule and a fixed rule for all of Israel until this day. So this is, uh, the the um, the verses here are speaking about David as if he is the king already. And they're saying, you know, um, the king, David, didn't use the term king, but make, say, setting a law for all of Israel's history for the future is the kind of thing a king would do. And in this case, a future king would do, and that is that what the uh, people that stay behind deserve to get the benefits of the uh, battle when it's won, as just as much as those that went to fight. By Avo David al Tziklag, David returned to the town of Tziklag by Yishalach and he sent some of what had been won to the elders of Yehuda, 
it would seem like some of this bounty may have been um, of the things that they that were, were captured from the others. Uh, you know, the, remember that the raiders and the Amalekites didn't only raid Ziklag, they had raided all around. So they had a lot of booty that and loot that they had um, gathered, and they sent it to other elders of other towns in Judah, saying as follows, Here is some blessing from the spoils of the enemies of God. Now note, the Amalekites are being called the enemies of God. They were the enemies of everyone, really. In this case, they were David's enemies for sure. They attacked his town, Siklag. They were the enemies of the Philistines and the enemies of the Jewish people and the enemies of the other uh, nations that were mentioned before because they're the enemies of society. The enemies of society, those lawless bandits that make it impossible to develop a society are considered the enemies of God, further underscoring what we have been saying many times about why the Amalekites were so bad. He sent some of the spoils to the people in Beit El. He sent it to the people in Aroer. These are all areas of the people of Yehuda, people of Judah. To the Canaanites. Uh, those are the descendants of Yisro, of Jethro. They came up several times um, in the and in, in the book of Judges and in the book of Samuel. These are all place names. The famous town Hebron, Hebron. And all the places where David and his men had sought refuge and wandered, David repaid them by giving them something. It's interesting that he mentions Yehuda, that David sought refuge in the in the lands that were occupied by the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Yehuda. Again, just underscoring the the um, the allegiances of the tribe of Yehuda to David and the other tribes' allegiances more towards Saul, more towards Shaul, who was from the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin, which is a foreshadowing of the later split that uh, will take place in a few generations uh, between the tribes of Israel and the tribes of Judah. So here you have David repaying all of those that had done him favors in the past, David making sure that everyone gets an equal portion of the of the uh, bounty david uh, uh through doing a favor to a, a dying man in the desert managed to find the uh, people who um who who caused them suffering and freeing the captives and freeing their families uh and in the next chapter we're going to and all of this is occurring at the same time that Saul is about to encounter the philistines in um in a major battle which is going to be a very important and tragic battle in the story of the king saul so david is beginning to act like a king and beginning to build up his allegiances and saul is going to go into a very devastating battle which we will read about in chapter 31. thank you so much for studying this together looking forward for studying chapter 31 and of course the entire book of samuel together